0: And welcome back to the Clue Jets podcast where are host Ben Blessington and Michael Nania. Well, Michael, sitting here Sunday morning after the Jets' final preseason game, a victory over the New York Giants. We are the Snoopy Bowl champions. Um, got to see Aaron Rodgers' debut. Got to see every starter play. No major injuries. McCall Hartman did leave the game for uh, for a bit, but it seems like he's fine with that, that finger injury. Uh, a lot of good to break down from this game, but obviously. Hardest part of the season for NFL coaches and GMs cutting down these rosters to 53 players. Uh, teams have to have their rosters down to 53 by Tuesday at 4 p.m. So by the time you're listening to this, I imagine some cuts will have trickled through, but not all of them. And then we have that 24-hour period where we wait and see. You know, will the Jets claim anybody off of waivers? Will Jets players get claimed off of waivers? They'll build that practice squad. They'll they'll play some guys on on the on IR and and bring back some guys, and then. I imagine Wednesday night, Thursday morning, they should have the final week 153 finalized, in which case we'll come out with another podcast, kind of breaking that all down. But in this one, want we'll to talk about the Giants game. We'll want to give our final 53 man pr- roster predictions. We promise we did count them ahead of time. There will be no more counting drama. But with that with all that said, Michael, how are you doing? and how nervous were you when Aaron Rodgers was taking his first few snaps as a member of the jet, as a member of the Jets, and you have Billy Turner protecting his blind side. It's a meaningless preseason game. We've seen Jets quarterbacks get injured before against the Giants in the preseason. Just just take us through your your experience watching Aaron Rodgers' first few snaps.
1: Well, I was definitely nervous, and as I said on this podcast last week, I, I was in the camp that was opposed to playing him in the preseason at all. So seeing him out there it was exciting, but at the same time I was just crossing my fingers, like get that ball out quick. We don't need to see anything crazy. But after a few plays, I kind of got the feel of understanding that the Jets – knew that and they weren't going to put him in any risky situations they were getting it out quick there were bootlegs things like that and he was protecting himself by you know checking into quick passes and things like that so wink martindale coming out
0: with loaded box yeah, covers your
1: you come out open the preseason he's like we're not screwing around we're going to take you out almost greg williams-esque um so that's right yeah totally so they were just going all out immediately. So there was sort of some fear when you saw that, like, all right, he better get that ball out. But after a few plays, I kind of felt like, all right, I think, I think Rogers and the Jets understand what the deal is here. There aren't going to be any risks taken. And so after that I was kind of able to sit back and just enjoy the show. And this is where I think it really set in for the first time that, you know, Aaron Rodgers is the Jets quarterback. And there've been a lot of different moments throughout the off season, whether it was, the trade finally becoming official and him showing up to the facility, him putting on the helmet and being in, tra- in practices for the first time, or you know whatever it may be, all these different moments where it was like, okay, Aaron Rodgers is the Jets quarterback, but nothing compares to him actually playing in a game and being able to visibly see in a game what he can do to change the team. So it was really cool to see, and obviously the cherry on top being the touchdown was great, but even just throughout both the first drive and the second drive, the way he's able to command the offense that's the thing that stood out the most so it was a fun experience once we kind of settled in and and we able to understand he's going to be safe yeah
0: i'm happy they played him you know I, I obviously the injury risk was there and it was a little scary those first few snaps especially without having dwayne brown to protect his blind side and we know some of the issues that billy turner has had and then yeah the first few plays of the game you're seeing you know nine guys in the box at the line of scrimmage um, but i think it was a good experience you know, the Jets face a lot of great defensive lines in the first few weeks of the season. Rogers is going to have to get the ball out quick. He's going to have to deal with a lot of those pressure looks. Um, you know, New England and, and Miami run a lot of those cover zero packages anyway. So I, I'm glad he got to, to shake off some of the rust, got to experience, you know, a, f- a number of firsts, first time in a Jets uniform, first time playing at MetLife, you know, debut of the season. Um, so I think it just anything to kind of help alleviate some of that pressure on, on that opening game of the season. And you even saw, you know, he had the miss to Uzama. I think some of those, you know, just kind of first game of the year, butterflies, stuff like that. And also, I think, you know, just getting able to be with the starting offense, practice through some of like setting protections. And, you know, so much of this Jets offense is based off of option routes and choice routes. And you really got to see that. That touchdown to Garrett Wilson was apparently a run play. He does a no look hand signal to Garrett and changes it to a fade. And, you know, that's that veteran uh quarterback presence not just the ability to do that but then obviously the ridiculous ball placement on the throw but a number of plays were like that where it's option routes for the receivers and rogers and his receiver have to be on the same page so i think there's a lot of value to just getting those two series i know it wasn't that many plays um but i i think overall it was the right call um i guess let's let's talk more about his debut we'll get to some of the other stuff but starting offense as a whole um, what did you make of, of some of the first few plays and some of the play call? Because I feel like we got to see a little bit more of what this Jets offense is going to look like now with Rodgers under center.
1: Yeah, I think we got to see a little bit of a glimpse, but at the same time, they were definitely playing it on the safer side, but because they wanted to protect Rodgers and not take any of those chances. Um, but even considering that, I do think that what we saw is going to be a big part of this offense, and that's you know having a guy under center who could who can make adjustments and get to the best play and not always have to just ride or die with the play that was called because it really feels like the Jets in recent years have been forced to do that too much because they've had young quarterbacks under center who have not been able to make those changes or haven't been trusted to by the coaches. So if the coach calls a play and the defense has the perfect coverage for it, we've just been riding with it and that's it. But now we have a guy was able to see like okay we're not going to run against a nine-man box i got garrett wilson with a 10-yard cushion i'm just going to flick the ball out to him and let him make a play or you know same thing in the red zone i see we got a loaded box garrett wilson's getting pressed i'm going to throw up a fade to him so the ability to have a quarterback who can do that i think that's the biggest thing rogers offers even more so than the you know the arm talent and all the physical traits is the ability to operate the offense in that way because that makes everyone else better and takes pressure off of their shoulders so it it really de-emphasizes the need to have everyone else on your offense playing at an elite level because he's going to raise them up and make their jobs easier the offensive line doesn't have to drop back into like in this game for example i think they only had like three true pass sets out of the 12 pass snaps that they played and that's something that he's going to do for the offensive line because he can create snaps where you guys don't even have to block you could take this play off because i'm just throwing a fade immediately so it it makes everyone's jobs easier takes pressure off them and that's the best thing he brings to the table we saw that in this game yeah and you you had that uh article
0: last week after Corey davis's retirement kind of outlining the target share that you envisioned for the season okay i know it's two drives and it's preseason lazard's not out there you can't read it too much into it but At least you can read into the fact that Garrett Wilson is going to get a bazillion touches every single game and you should definitely draft him. And I would say in the first round, if you're, if you play fantasy football, I missed out on him and in my draft and I'm still pissed about it. But I think this guy is going to, if he stays healthy, he's going to have an absolutely ridiculous season because you could just see already the connection that him and Rogers share. And a lot of that is mentally, a lot of, a lot of credit has to go to, to Garrett as well. It's not just his ability as a receiver physically and what he's been able to do last year as, you know, as a route runner in the hands that he has and, physical traits, but it's clear that that rogers trusts him and trusts that mental side of him to to be able to identify okay this corner's playing off coverage inside leverage this is what i'm going to do in this play and and i think that connection is going to be special so uh what did you kind of make of the target share of garrett wilson and then i also noticed we were talking about before like conklin had the the first touch or uh, i think it was like on the second play of the game and then cobb had that <laughs> ridiculous penalty but then i noticed conklin was out and uzama was in a lot so Kind of what did you make of some of the, the target share of, of these starting weapons and how they used them?
1: Well, Garrett being featured is definitely kind of what I figured we would see, not just in this game, but throughout the entire season. Uh, it really does feel like Garrett is in for a huge, huge number of targets this season, probably at least 10 a game. I think he's going to be in that Devontae range where he's yeah, like for sure. 170, 180 targets, something like that. <laughs> and And that's what I had in my prediction or especially after Corey Davis went out with Davis, maybe it's a little less dominant, but even with Davis, I think it was always on track to be, you know, copying that kind of mold that the Packers had with Devontae Adams, where he was running the show. He was getting almost a third of all the targets. And then everyone else after that, they get to slide into a, a role that makes sense for them. You know, smaller volume, spreading the ball around to everybody, all three positions. And you can do that because you have one guy at the top who's that good. And I, believed Garrett Wilson and, you know, still believe cause he has to prove it, but believe Garrett Wilson can match Devonte Adams in that way. And in this one game, granted preseason, we are going to put that asterisk on everything, but he was targeted four times out of the nine passes that Rodgers threw, So it definitely feels like that was an indicator of what we're going to see throughout this year. And obviously there will be times where teams are going to double him and they're going to make the jets go to other players and that will bring the target share down at times. But I think what this game showed is that, especially because the Giants were playing it the way that they were, I mean, man coverage on the outside, no safeties, box loaded. In those situations, I think Rodgers is going to take Garrett Wilson every single time or close to it. So over the course of the season, other things will happen. The ball will get spread around. You won't see him get, like, half the throws as he did in this game. And Lazard also didn't play, like you said. But – um. If you give him those favorable matchups, Rodgers is always going to take it. Um, And then as for other usage of other players, um, it was definitely kind of hard to gauge it because, you know, Brees and Cook didn't play. I feel like the running backs will be a big part of the passing game as well. So we didn't get to see a ton of, of the involvement from those guys. Um, I I still think Conklin's going to be the number one tight end by far. I think he's going to be the number two target overall on this team. I, I feel confident that he's going to establish himself as that because I just think Rodgers is going to trust his route running and his hands more so than any of the other regular pass catchers on this team. I think Conklin's probably the second most polished route runner and has the second best hands. Um, maybe Cobb's in that discussion, but obviously he's much Well, that's that's the other guy, Cobb over Hardman. Cobb was their starting receiver outside, and 12 personnel and, and 11 personnel. So what'd you make of that, too? Yeah, I, I do see Cobb out targeting. I, it'll be close because I think Hardman gives you – Obviously, explosiveness that Cobb is bringing at this stage of his career. But even at this point of his career, I think Cobb gives better route running, more reliable hands, plus the chemistry that he has built up with Rodgers. Although in this game, there was that one route where they were kind of not in sync on that one option route, so it didn't come into play there. But uh, in general, I think that will be valuable. And I think you see it on improvised plays too, because you pointed this out to me. Uh, If you look at the film of the... Uh, or not even, the replay film, whatever of the, the play where Rogers scrambled and threw the ball away. You could see that Cobb had improvised and felt out Rogers movements. He was wide open for 25, 30 yards. Oh, yeah. If a uh, Roger could score a trip, potentially could have scored. So that's something uh Cobb has done really well too. He's been very good with Rogers on those improvised plays. I think he, from all those years of playing with him, he knows where to sit in, in the middle of the defense to make himself an option for Rodgers in those plays. So I I do think Cobb is going to out-target Hardman, but I just think – I feel like in running situations, like if it's first down or if you have 12 personnel, there's two tight ends out there, and you have two receivers, I feel like Hardman in those situations is going to be used a lot because, like, if it's first and 10, the run's a threat, I think that's when Hardman's jet motion is really going to make defenses respect him. More so, like, if it's a third down, I think that's where Cobb is going to – significantly out snap hardman because third down we know you're passing jet motion's not really a threat i'd rather just have the guy who could straight up win more consistently than hardman but first down i think he's going to make some plays on those jet sweeps and it'll demand respect and then you could open up the run game like he can be a pseudo run blocker in that way that's a one of the big benefits of jet motion is not just making plays when you get the ball, but also the respect that you demand creates running lanes. So I think Hardman's going to get snaps in those situations. I see them being pretty close. You already saw it.
0: You already saw yeah. him do that with the when they threw
1: it to him. Yeah, he, exactly. You know, exactly. I have to say he danced a little bit too much for my liking. Wanted it was it was a weird play. Time. I was like, what is it? I mean, I guess he knew he had such a speed advantage, he could play around a little bit and then still get the first anyway. But I was kind of like, where is he going? He's kind of squeezed to the sideline. Can you get that first down? But he he ended up getting it, so it was it was all good. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, JT O'Sullivan does those
0: great breakdowns every week where he you know, he broke down Rogers', um debut, and he pointed this out, and this is something that's always bothered me because I've seen Gase do it and I see it, saw the floor do it, but a lot of times when you see um, any play where the, the Jets are going to accept that they're going to have a free rusher and you're going to roll into them, uh, the Jets, at least for this, they had they went heavy on the left side, they had a tight end, and they had Harman motioning left. So it was just a really wide front for that defensive, for that free rusher to get to Rodgers. And then obviously Rogers is chirping with him at you know afterwards. But I, I think I just have flashbacks. I'm trying to remember exactly which play it was, but it was something like Darnold's first year with Gase or whatever. But they would have free rushers, you know, right off the, the right tackle with no tight end, no receiver in motion, nothing. And that you know that defensive end sometimes just gets to up drill the middle Darnold. in
1: that C and Ghost game. There yeah, were well, a that few like, that came straight through like <laughs> A gap and B gap. I know that's not Um, your point but it was that bad no
0: but no seriously though but that's that familiarity with with Rogers and Hackett I mean it yes this is a first year offense but Rogers and Hackett Lazard Cobb all these guys have been Bailey Turner I guess have all been in this offense for years now and you know you're gonna see it grow throughout the season um but clearly that comfort and that familiarity is there with all the checks that they're making at the line the options that they're you know and different that they have in different situations I just loved getting to see a veteran Jets quarterback, just the calming presence of of Rodgers and just like the subtle little nuances and the, the way he moves in the pocket and his play fakes. It was just – it was an absolute pleasure to watch, and I can't believe we have to wait two more weeks until until the first week of the season. Um, starting defense, also got to see them a little bit. Only played a little bit, but got to see a few sacks, got to see Sauce with the big play. Sauce almost got beat on the first play of the game, but it was a bad throw, and, you know, I do trust Sauce – Sauce's uh, makeup ability and ability to kind of break up those deep balls. But overall, a, a flawless performance, I would say, from the starting defense. Any thoughts on on those guys? Got to, got to see Tony Adams for the first time?
1: Yeah, I actually did focus in and watch all of Tony Adams' snaps because I, I was curious. We haven't seen him play this preseason. This is our starting free safety. Hasn't played any snaps yet. And there's nothing really to write home about. He was never featured in the play at all. but. He looked really aware with his coverage assignments, passing stuff off, um, picking up the routes that came into his area, just things like that. And I saw him used in a few different ways. They didn't have him as the free safety every single time. There, there were a couple snaps where Jordan Whitehead was deep and Tony Adams dropped down. So I, I think I think we'll see some interchangeability between them, which I don't know if I agree with that because I don't, I don't think Whitehead deep is ideal, but we did see some of that. So, and it, it is good for like disguise purposes. You don't want to just, straight up play the same thing every time so uh, i did see some of that with the safeties but i mean overall the starting defense did its job giants were playing their backups you want to completely dominate that unit as a starting defense that hopes to be top five in the league top three hopefully so uh and they were able to do that and jermaine had another active game he's just been really coming on throughout this preseason I mean
0: that draft class is yeah, unbelievable. I, we already knew that, but like just the fact that he he's like the cherry on top because we didn't talk about him that right. much last year because Garrett and Sauce got all the attention and breeze but he's really turning into a legit. And we'll see. It's preseason. I don't want to oversell it, but I'll
1: put it this way: He's definitely taking Carl Austin's starting spot, injury or not. Yeah, and it it is preseason. But what is exciting for me is that compared to last year's preseason, it's still a step up versus that because last year's preseason. He didn't really stand out that much. He's kind of just like just a guy out there. He, he made some plays, but considering it was preseason competition, he didn't stand out amongst those players. But throughout this preseason, and, and this was the same thing for Bryce Huff and Will McDonald, which shows how deep this unit is. Um, whole preseason, Johnson, Huff, McDonald looked like they didn't belong out there. Like it was unfair for those offensive lineman they were facing so that's what's exciting for me with Johnson is that he clearly looks improved versus where he was at this point last year and we'll see if it does translate but considering that improvement I think there's a very good chance that it will and that's not to say he will be a superstar or anything but we already know he's a great run defender I think he'll get even stronger and more consistent in that area this year then the pass rushing I think last year you know he was I would say towards the bottom in terms of overall consistency with pressures and stuff like that but this year I could see him coming pretty solid as a pass rusher to complement what he does against the run. So just a balanced two-way defensive end I could see him being that this year. Yeah,
0: I'm trying to remember exactly what our, our stat predictions were for for this unit in terms of, of sacks, but I think whatever it was, it needs to be higher. Because the fact that Jermaine Johnson has turned into this finisher, you know, what we're seeing from Bryce Huff and Will McDonald, on top of what we already know that they have in and Quinn and JFM and the vets they brought in from Seattle. This is a unit that is going to be a nightmare every single week for for quarterbacks and we already knew that before this game, but it was nice to kind of get a, a glimpse of it uh, in action. The other guy that I, I we say this all the time that doesn't get nearly enough credit, Michael Carter the second made a tremendous play. I think it was like the second play of the game. Um breaking up that screen pass to to Cager. He doesn't get nearly enough love, but he's a huge part of this of this defense. Um so yeah, pretty great uh opening for the Jets for their starters. Going to the backups, what did you make of, of Zach Wilson's performance? I know he didn't have necessarily the the big play that he, you know, the First game against the Browns, he had the, the deep bond with Leak Taylor. Last week against the Bucks, he had the, the big scramble. This game, kind of missing that big play. He could have had it on his last throw of the game to EJ Jenkins, which probably his worst play of the game. He missed him. Would have been six. But besides that, I thought Zach actually played pretty well. I mean, he was victim to some drops, but I thought he looked more confident, was airing it out. I think you saw – I think you can definitely see you saw some growth from what he was – um last year to now and yeah it's preseason going up against backups but still you, you can't overstate that that mental side of things that confidence and I think you saw Zach look a lot more confident his mechanics look better his accuracy looked better ball placement was nice in this game so what did you make of, of Zach's uh, performance in this game and I guess preseason as a whole
1: yeah I like the way he played in this game because going in I did want to see him show some more aggressiveness this being his last preseason game the regular season starts because first three games he was good and i liked the way he played but he was definitely really conservative he had the lowest average depth of target of any qualified quarterback in the league over those first three games so uh which i think made sense for his development because you think about where he's at he's trying to reset after how last season went down which was really rough it was tumultuous he's getting a lot of criticism and you know his game is just reckless and it was all over the place so i think him being extremely conservative those first three games, it made sense because he's just trying to get back to basics, learn a new system, and just recalibrate, get back to square square one, and uh, build it from there. So it made total sense. I thought I thought he played good, even though it was a safe style. He was you know consistent, making safe decisions, took care of the ball, um, was methodical. So I liked the first three games. He was pretty good, but definitely safe. So going into this last game, want to see him air it out a little bit and the jets to give him those chances because they definitely didn't call it aggressively for him either over those first three games. So it was a little bit of both, um, both the way it was called and how we played. Um, So I want to see more aggression in this game. And I think we saw it. It's not to say he was bombs away the whole game, but he was trying tight window throws. He was taking some chances, looking to make some plays and he had some really good throws. that just didn't get completed. There was obviously the deep bomb to Hardman, which was, One of the best throws I think he's ever made in the league. I mean, the way he stood tall in the pocket there with clear pressure coming right at him, was unfazed, stood there and made that throw. That is something that we have not seen a lot from him in the league. He's hit some throws when he's been clean, such as that Malik Taylor bomb in the first game, but this one was pressured and he still stood in there and made that play. didn't run backwards, didn't try to create, stood tall, made the throw. I love that. That's something that we've been missing. Uh, that he's been missing from his game uh, throughout his career so far. But uh, that was a fantastic throw. Hardman just couldn't make the catch. It was very well defended by the defender, got his hand in there. But in terms of the throw by Wilson, I think couldn't have been any better. Uh, then there was the sidearm throw close to the goal line that he had to Gibson, which, again, tightly covered. Great play on the ball by the defender. But another pressured throw. He uses the unique arm angle to get it around, and he threw a dart into the hands of Gibson. So... He some good throws like that that got dropped, but overall, he did have some misses as well. There were a couple little stretches in there where the offense was erratic and couldn't really get anything going. So, and that's kind of been the theme of this preseason. It's he hasn't been extremely consistent. There have been some ups and downs, but for the most part, I think he's been more stable than he was last year, and to the level that you'd like to see from a backup quarterback, he has looked like a guy who, you know, say it's say it's halftime and you're up by 7 and you need him to come in in the second half and hold that lead for you. He looks like a guy who you can trust to do that. So versus last year where you know favorable situations playing a bad lines defense, he couldn't take advantage of those opportunities. Uh, the Jaguars game where they hung around and they had a chance at home to win a gritty game, couldn't even do that. So you compare it to where he was last year and you keep this the expectations realistic. And understand we're looking at the backup quarterback right now. I think within that lens, he's had a very solid preseason. Long term we'll see what happens. If he can can get back to being the guy who was drafted second overall, be that franchise quarterback. That's a conversation for another day. But if we're just talking about the backup quarterback for the Jets, can we trust him? I think this preseason added a lot of faith in that.
0: Yeah, and I think Boyle looked pretty good too. I know he's I know he's friend of the pod. Don't wanna be a, a shill here, but uh I think Boyle, especially in this last game, looked pretty like he had a great grasp of the offense and was able to move the ball up and down the field. And I think Zach is clearly QB two. but you know, the quarterback room as a whole, I feel, feel pretty solid about, uh, we'll see if Boyle makes the final team. He'll definitely be in the quarterback room, whether he's a practice squad or if he's QB three on the 53 Sala was talking about that three QB rule and how that is a big help. So that should bode well for, for Boyle's chances of making this roster. Um, but we'll ultimately, we'll see overall. I think the QBs did a pretty good job in this preseason um, and like you said, I mean, I think our confidence in Zach as a backup quarterback has definitely grown exponentially. We'll see how he develops throughout the season. Hopefully we don't see him again until next preseason. Um, but we'll see how he develops with a full season, sitting behind, learning behind Rogers, getting those reps in practice, see what he looks like next spring OTAs. If we have to see him this season, you know, statistically speaking, we probably will. I do feel a lot more confident in his ability to, to kind of keep the the ship afloat. Uh, let's do some stock up, stock down from the entirety of preseason. Then we'll give our final 53-man roster predictions. And we also have a prediction for the practice squad. Um, well, I, I sent you – we compiled a list beforehand, but let's just start with some of the, the stock ups. I think the biggest stock up out of anybody throughout training camp and preseason has to be Mekhi Becton. I don't think anybody – I mean, Roger said it himself, but I don't think anybody has grown more uh, this last month from Becton, who seemed to be in the doghouse getting third team left tackle reps to now the starting right tackle fan base is behind him. Seems like the team's behind him. Um, and he's, he put himself, you know, he did all that work to, to get back here after two years off, being out of shape, getting in shape, building back confidence in a, in a twice surgically reconstructed knee and playing a different position too. Uh, he's looked, he's looked good in preseason and he's had a good training camp as well. So I'm excited for Beckton. And I really just hope he, he can stay healthy.
1: Yeah. I mean, from the start, it was always, a situation where you were hoping for the best, but also prepared for the worst just because, you know, Becton's running into a lot of hard luck in his career to this point. So, and, you know, I've been on record saying, and I don't, I think you agree, but I'm not hundred percent sure, but that, you know, they shouldn't have trusted Becton going into the season. They should have added another starter just because of those concerns, but they showed faith in him. And and there was that report also recently that, or uh, not a report, Actually Orlando Brown said it himself that the Jets did offer more money. So I think the Jets did try to upgrade. So it's not like they went all in on Beckton, but nevertheless it played out the way it played out the way that it did. And Beckton came into training camp as a guy with a chance to start and easily the most talented tackle on the team. And it was a long process. They had that plan for him that we learned about recently, you know ramping up, starting a left tackle gradually working his way to right tackle and every step of the way he's he's done his part and he's i I've been really impressed with and rogers has talked about it and I mean it more so because rogers has said it but it seems like his mindset is better like we're not seeing as much of the drama on social media and that like when he's out there playing he's he's got a mean streak but it also seems like he's having fun and that he's really assimilating into the culture of the team it just has a good mindset so Everything has gone as planned, really, since training camp started. And we'll see how it goes throughout the season. But up to this point, he's checked every box. And he finally looks ready to build on the potential he showed as a rookie.
0: Yeah, another one, Zach Wilson. We already just talked about him, but I would say his stock is definitely up. Uh, The one that definitely the biggest one that jumped out from this game in particular, but I think you can say preseason and training camp as a whole, and somebody who I think has a pretty good chance of making the 53 now, Xavier Gibson. Really impressed with what he did uh, in this Giants game. A number of times where you know, he caught the ball short of the sticks and was able to make a man miss and get the first down. He moved the chains a lot. He was their first team punt returner and kick returner, so that also bodes well. And also Rodgers came out in the, the the post-game press conferences and was talking about um, you know what Xavier did in that game. So I feel pretty good about Gibson's chances of making this team now. We'll see if he's active on game days to start the year, but this is a guy that should be their starting punt returner and kick returner if he is active and if not throughout the season with injuries hitting and stuff i feel like this is a guy that you'll see get worked into the lineup because he's he's electric with the ball in his hands he can make guys miss so really really happy that at least one of these young receivers was able to flash in this game to feel confident about you know their potential especially after a week in which you lose arguably your your second best receiver
1: yeah he did a great game and the the yak skills that he showed is what impressed me the most i mean I believe he had four missed tackles for us after the catch. He had 70 yards after the catch on seven catches. So he looked really shifty with the ball in his hands, had good field vision. And I think that's something that the Jets are going to like in a receiver in this offense because the new Rodgers over the past few years, he's been very yak reliant. He will take his deep shots now and then, but in those two MVP years, he, was, he led the league in yak per completion in 2020. Then he was fourth. In 2021 and in air yards per completion he was down in the 20s so more so the most quarterbacks he profits off of that yak he wants to make throws that are safe high percentage and give guys chances to make plays and those are the type of catches that gibson has been making this preseason and he's shown that he can make plays after the catch with those opportunities so i think he's a good fit for what the philosophies of this team is going to be and the special teams ability is an added bonus. I'm not sure he's going to, you know, be the week one returner, but just to be able to have that ability is, a uh, is an added bonus because he had, I think three big returns this preseason. He had the, the kickoff return and he had two, he had a 31 yard punt return, and a 20 yard in this game. So he showed that as well. Um, so out of all the receivers, he definitely shined the most this preseason and, and specifically with this giants game, this was a huge stock raiser for him. It was the best Individual performance of any receiver this preseason, and uh we've been waiting for one of these guys to stand out because we've heard a lot out of practice, but hasn't really translated to the games. But Gibson finally did it in this Giants game, so you got to like his chances, especially after Corey Davis's retirement. Yeah, another undrafted
0: free agent who I thought definitely helped the stock throughout these training camp practices and, and preseason. Trey Dean, yeah, and we'll see what the, the Jets ultimately do, but he's definitely earned a starting or not a starting spot, but he's at least earned a spot on this 53. We'll see if they go with Ashton Davis over him. We'll see if they keep five safeties. I think the fact that Davis, cutting Davis free you know, nearly $3 million is going to help his case tremendously. But Davis also had a nice preseason. I think, you know, I guess for the sake of time, we'll lump him in here as well. But both Davis and Dean, I would say their stocks are up. Um, but Dean is an undrafted free agent. Um, and the cheaper of the two players looked good on special teams as well, which is really the reason Ashton Davis is survived these last few years because he hasn't been very good at safety Uh, both those players their stocks up um, but dean in particular i'm very high on again front of the pod so we don't be too much you know we don't
1: show too much but really happy with with what Dean was able to do yeah i mean it was something that i mean he's playing really well from the start we kind of didn't begin to talk about it until after the third game but the whole time he was such a consistent tackler and he was doing it in a variety of different ways, whether it was coming from a deep alignment, in the box, off the edge, doing all sorts of different things for the defense and handling all of his responsibilities very consistently and soundly. And he's hit hard. He's hit with good form. It's not like he's making a bunch of dive tackles or trip tackles. We've seen good head-up tackles from him. So I really enjoyed watching him play. And... I, to me, it's pretty clear that he deserves to have that fourth safety spot, but we'll see what happens.
0: Um, obviously, Bryce Huff, Jermaine Johnson, Will McDonald. Let's just lump them into to one group. Here is the young edge rushers. Their stock is all the way up, particularly Jermaine Johnson. We already talked about them, but can't can't do this segment without mentioning them. They definitely helped their their stock this preseason. But outside of that, I think the third team defensive line also had, you know, some some uh, good moments and a lot i think some of those guys are going to get claimed by other teams or at the very least make the jets practice squad um Tanzel smart carcucci board i think he had a nice preseason like he's had the last few years uh pita tau i'm gonna mess up this name we were trying it beforehand but it was what is it pita tau Menapau or tau tau mo panu tau
1: tau mo panu right I'm googling it right now i had it pulled up we got tau mo panu tau, tau mo panu
0: Tom, oh God, frost. <laughs> 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 he looks he pretty good, though. Uh, he had, I think he's had a couple sacks in, in preseason, and he's somebody who's really flashed me on a few of his reps. Um, so I think he's definitely a practice squad candidate for sure. Definitely built in that that solid mold. And then even guys like Bruce Hector had the force fumble to get, against Carolina. I noticed Des, Deslin Alexandre a few times on, on run plays. So th- that's third wave of defensive linemen who there's not really a, spa, a spot for them on the team uh impressed and I think they've earned a spot on at least his practice squad or at least uh somebody else's practice squad. So I thought we should throw them in there as, as a stock up mention. Um if you don't have any thoughts on the the third string offensive line or defensive line, let's talk about some of the backup offensive linemen. Particular Wes Schweitzer, the guy that I think you and I were both not too high on. Not to say we were Wes Schweitzer, you know, doubters, but I think you and I both kind of preferred Cologne just from what we had seen in their tape at, you know, with the, the commanders versus the the Ravens. But Schweitzer impressed me in preseason. I think he shows a nice nice push in the run game. Um, looked pretty good in pass protection as well. I mean, again, preseason, we'll see him against starters. But number of snaps, versatile offensive lineman. Definitely a guy you feel confident about if injuries hit. And also if if injuries hit a tackle and they have to move AVT out, You know, I think Titman is probably who you'd want to see. But it seems like Schweitzer might be ahead of him. So um, I feel pretty good about Wes Schweitzer you know, in terms of the interior offensive line depth.
1: Yeah, I like the way he played this preseason. He was pretty consistent in pass protection, especially, I think. And, you know, I think whenever you're looking at backup offensive, offensive linemen in particular, but really any position, when you're looking at backups, you have to understand what the, you know, what the measuring stick is. Like, no backup is good compared to a starter. Every backup is a drop-off compared to the starters or else they would be starting. So you have to compare them versus the other backups in the league. And I think Wes Schweitzer as among backup guards, interior linemen in the league, I think I think he's above average. So I I think you could do a lot worse than him. And we've seen a lot worse with this team in recent years. So uh, yeah it's not to say he's he's a world beater or anything, but I mean as specifically a guard, I think I trust him. At center he's had he's been worse as a starter than as a guard specifically last year um so center i don't know if i really trust him there and obviously titman i think is first in line to replace mcgovern anyway but uh at guard i like schweitzer probably on, on the higher end of backup guards uh Tippmann, i think also i would say stock up you know i know he
0: some jets fans are hoping that he would beat out mcgovern um for that starting spot so but i think overall just the way that he played in the games you have to be pretty excited about his, his potential to develop and Seems like Rodgers wants that veteran center. We'll see what happens throughout the season with Tipman if he gets some reps. Um, but I would say overall, stock up just from what you got to see in, the, in those preseason games and also got to display some of that versatility playing um, the guard position as well uh, as the center. I'd say the one thing with Tipman that I just noticed is that we talked about it, but the snaps, especially out of shotgun, need yeah. some work. Yeah. So that's something for him to, to develop. But he definitely, as a blocker, uh, impressed in these games. Let's stick with the offensive line. I have two guys, two starting guys who have been criticized by this fan base one in particular i've been very critical of that i think has had a nice camp um and one in particular you've been very critical of that i would also say has had a nice camp we'll see how they look in the regular season maybe they have just been overshadowed because the tackles have been so bad but Connor mcgovern and lakin tomlinson i think they had a nice training camp and i think you know again this game it's hard to really judge too much but i'm going a little bit back to to the carolina game as well um i think these two guys have have had a nice summer mcgovern in particular but lakin has looked has looked pretty good in every every snap that he's had in preseason. Again, we'll see what happens in the regular season. Maybe he was just, you know, dodging some of criticism because the tackles were so bad. But I think I think McGovern and
1: Lakin had a nice summer. I agree. Yeah, they played well in the preseason. Sound and consistent. Not a ton of mistakes and small sample. We'll see if it translates, but good to see because Yeah. and Tomlinson's a huge X factor this year. I mean, this is a guy who you gave a lot of money to who came in off of a pro bowl and What's he getting he, paid this year 17 million Some i'm gonna pull it up right now but something i think i'm something around that like this guy's getting paid a lot of money he should be it's one like of the your second best highest players. paid player <laughs> yeah. and you'd expect a lot of impact out of him so at the after last year at the very least we'll sign up for average but you know there's the potential for him to be a lot better he has been a lot better in previous years so uh yeah cap hit this year 10.88 this year, but it goes up to 18.88 next year. Uh, yeah, good so, luck. Yeah, it's a, and, and they're not getting out of it, so he's going to be here. So, and they that's can't another cut him after thing. this year? Didn't he I think get think there for this year, or am I wrong? But oh. uh, either way, looking at spot track, still, it's a lot more dead caps and savings if they cut him next year, so probably not even worth it, unless he's utterly atrocious. Uh, spot tracker oh. saying if they cut him next year, it's 10.7 mil in dead cap, 8.1 saved. So, probably not worth it unless he's terrible. But either way, this is a guy's game, paid a lot of money. You expect impact. And he's played well in the preseason. So, hopefully, he can translate. Um, I guess last one, I get one that I didn't put down here, but I'll
0: throw him in. Although it was questionable if he deserves this. But Chaz Surratt didn't play the second and third preseason games, but had a great first game. And then he made a few plays in this last game. You know Saul loves him just from that one clip on hard Where He said, God, I love that guy. Um, but we'll see if he if he does, did enough to make the final roster. I think most people think that the Jets will go with four linebackers. We'll see if they stick on five. It is an important special teams position. But I think he's at the very least turned himself a, a spot on the practice squad. And injuries hit, that's a guy that that should get activated. Uh, but last one, the veteran special teamers. Greg Zerline, Thomas Morstead had a great preseason. Uh, Zerline only missed that that one kick, but outside of that, was money. Morstead had a number of nice punts, and it feels good that the Jets have veteran special teamers. I don't have to hold my breath every time the Jets are back to to punt or to you know have a have to make a chip shot field goal. I feel pretty good about this unit, and that's a, that's a must if you're in a Super Bowl uh, year. Um, if you don't have any thoughts on on those guys, we can go to the stock down.
1: Not too many thoughts because I think that's the thing: the less you're thinking about them. The better they're playing, I don't think. Yeah. You no know, more said at this point is at the latter stage of his career, so he won't be the best punter in the league. But he's going to be consistent and sound. You're not going to see shanks. I, I think that's what we've seen from him: a lot of consistency. This pre- and he's still got plenty of leg left, so he is one of the best punters in the league still, I think. And even in coverage, like, and we saw it on Hard Knocks, like he still got some wheels too. So yeah, between the two and and Zerline, I think. Maybe a little overrated just in the sense that, you know, the Jets kickers have been so bad that last year he was looked at as a savior when he did miss some kicks, and overall he was you know, probably above average, not great. So maybe a little overrated in that sense, but uh, he's solid. And the fact that he can hit those deep, deep kicks I think is a very valuable trait. All right, let's do some stock down. Enough of this positivity.
0: We'll start with your guy, a Knight tough, tough summer for Zonovan. Yeah.
1: Although it did, although I will say tough Less summer, summer more preseason, I'm
0: more sorry. preseason because the first half of the summer we had Robbie on, he was like, Zonovan's been their best running back in camp. Granted, Brees was injured. Dalvin wasn't practicing. I think he's only just now started practicing, but at the start of camp, Zonovan was ahead of, of Michael Carter and a Kanda. but it seems like he's fallen behind. I, don't, I think it's maybe unfair to say that he's had a bad summer, but definitely had too many mistakes in those preseason games to, to earn that spot over Michael Carter. And might have been bad enough for him to sneak back onto the Jets practice squad, which is what I'm hoping for because I, you know, you saw it last year. You've seen some flashes. You know, he's a good, you know, you know, he can be a good player. And running backs, you know, are very interchangeable in today's NFL. So I'm hopeful that the Jets can stash him on their practice squad this year, but overall has to be stocked down for your guy.
1: Yeah. And ever since it's really correlated directly him. with, yeah, with when, when I, Started to praise him before that. It was all good, and I hopped on. I'm not saying hopped on the bandwagon because I was a fan last year, but I voiced my support, and then ever since then, it's been downhill, which tends to happen when I am a huge fan of players. But uh, but yeah, the preseason's been rough for Zonovan. Uh, um, just as a rusher, we haven't seen the same elusiveness that he showed in spurts last year. It feels like he gets tackled in every one-on-one. Uh, he had, had technically two fumbles. The first one got called back, but it was very close. Easily could have could have stood. Um, so the ball security, that's been an issue. He's had some drops. Overall, it's just been pretty rough for him. So, yeah, I, I do think his blocking has been pretty good, especially in this last game. He had some really good blocks that I think not a lot of running backs would make especially on this team. So at, at least he does have this trait. But uh, other than that, it's it's been rough. So we'll see if he can get on to the practice squad. I still believe in his potential, but hasn't been able to perform enough this preseason to, to where you think he'll make the roster.
0: Uh, Travis Dye as well, another running back who was maybe fighting to to make a pra- practice squad push, especially if the Jets had to come one of these running backs and they got claimed. You were hoping that... Die could be to could make a push to to land on the practice squad, but I don't think Die has shown you anything that would justify a practice squad spot. Um, so I think he's, you know, uh, definitely not. I don't think he's making the practice squad. So I'll say stock down for him. Uh, another stock down, Jason Brownlee, who, you know, had a good summer. I would say in terms of training camp practices, but I don't necessarily know if he popped as much in the preseason games. You know, I think he had some nice moments last week against Tampa Bay, and he had a nice catch in this game as well um so to say stock down doesn't necessarily say this guy's a bum or anything but i think you especially entering this game you were hoping that he could maybe have a big game to justify a spot in the final 53 feel good about his potential i think otherwise i think he's heading towards the practice squad and somebody that they're gonna try to develop throughout the season definitely a lot of athletic traits that you really like and are hopeful to see develop throughout the season but i don't think he's i don't think he's making the final 53 so i'll say i'll stay stock down
1: agreed because I think going into preseason he was he was like the consensus top receiver in this competition and most a lot of people had him making their roster so yeah the preseason he didn't he was okay like there were some flashes but not enough to wear you know to match the hype that he had coming in and I think Gibson eventually outshined him so uh, didn't quite live up to the hype still was a chance to make the roster but just wasn't quite as impressive as you thought based on the chatter you were hearing out of, out of training camp. Yeah. Uh, two other stock downs,
0: Max Mitchell, Billy Turner, uh, struggled all summer. I think Mitchell, the team is, is pretty high on, and I think in pass protection, he's, you know, okay. Obviously he's get gets beat every once in a while, but the run game for Mitchell has really been a struggle. This preseason has too many plays that stand out as negatives. Um, again, he's somebody that I think you're hopeful can, can develop. I mean, he was a fourth round pick last year. then, you know, had an illness pop up and was, you know, missed the, the end of last year. And we're not sure necessarily sure how much that affected his training, his ability to put on weight, uh, his spring. Um, so hard to judge him. I think he's still a guy that they'd, they'd like to develop. And and we'll see if Becton is to go down. Is, is it Turner? Is it Mitchell who slides in there? Is it AVT sliding over? Um, but overall, I would say Mitchell and Turner had stocked down from at least kind of what we were hoping for at the start of training camp.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, going off what we just said about Schweitzer with him seeming like a good backup relative to the rest of the league, I think the way that Mitchell and Turner played, you don't feel the same way about them as backups. So I think I'm concerned about them as depth going into this year. Because even against preseason competition, they were unable to stand out and often struggled. Specifically, Mitchell in the run game was, you know, he really struggled there. I mean, Turner maybe a little i don't know turn has been turn
0: we, we didn't get to see as much in preseason
1: action but we got but to, uh, you know, there were a lot of like uh the training camp clips that pan yeah. share and stuff and it felt like he was getting beat every single time which maybe, maybe granted we know who he's going against <laughs> yeah. on this d-line but um in the preseason either of them backed it up and were able to prove that okay let's go against some preseason guys and not bryce huff and uh prove we can beat them but They couldn't do that. So, yeah, I'm I'm skeptical of them as depth going into the year. I'll also put Tristan
0: Cologne on this list and not necessarily to say that I think he's been horrible or anything. I think he's a practice squad guy. Um, But I was hoping to see him kind of push for a starting – or not a starting spot, but at least a a spot on this 53-man roster. And I think between him and Schweitzer, Schweitzer's been far more impressive. Cologne's had a few misses. But overall, I think Cologne is great depth if you're able to get him on the practice squad. I think just relatively speaking – put them at stock down there aren't too many guys i wanted to put on this stock down list we have a few more there are a few young guys like you know we contemplated some of those those younger corners that have had some bad moments like like derek Langford had a a tough game against tampa bay but then he made a nice play against the giants and you know it's it's some of those those backup guys it's like okay was there really much stock to begin with is it fair to be putting some of these guys on here so um obviously more guys in the stock up but i'll say last two guys i want to put on the stock down um, Jark Bernard Converse and Carter Warren, both going to be presumably making the fifty-three, but then immediately put on IR. We'll see if either of them get activated. I would imagine middle of the year they probably will. Um, but both of them missing their rookie training camp, and that's going to set them back a little bit developmentally as, as rookies. I think it is beneficial though the fact that they get to kind of have a redshirt year. Though um, they won't count on the fifty-three after they make that that initial roster spot and um so i think overall it's probably a good situation for warren in particular to kind of develop being an nfl building in an nfl conditioning room and um getting some practice reps but uh, once he gets activated but overall these guys you know i was hoping for for them to get some of those, those training camp reps. jbc we didn't get to see at all you know i don't even i'm not even sure what his injury necessarily is um but yeah both those guys had just put stock down
1: yeah. I mean, it's tough for them whenever you suffer an injury. And on, on, that, on that topic, another Jet player who had a pretty early injury in their career, Cameron Clark. I just want to bring this up because I don't know if we talked about it, but apparently he's been a, like a mentor to Makai Becton and very, very helpful in Beckton's the year that he's had and his his progress throughout the past month. So. That, that's that been good to see. So, that's so is that, does, that count
0: as, does that count as a win for Joe Douglas's 2020 draft class? Is that another, can we turn I,
1: that on positive? I would say so, positive? because I think you know, he drafted him. He wouldn't be here if not for that. It's so it's if he's helping class. Mekhi Beckton, you know, supplementing him. So I guess it's a little bit of a saving grace for that draft Oh, class. sorry.
0: Thank you for, you know, I, despite that being a complete non sequitur to what I had just said, it did remind me about one guy that I forgot to put on this list, but I would say stock down out of that 2020 draft class bryce hall now this will take us into our 53-man roster predictions because i think you and i've kind of gone back and forth on whether or not hall will make this roster but the fact that he was playing deep into saturday's game with those second stringer or with those third and fourth stringers doesn't necessarily bode well he like ashton davis would free 2.7 million if cut you know athletically he doesn't have the same traits as some of these other young guys and looks stiff out there you know, he did make a nice late breakup that was initially ruled a catch on third down. Um, does have the starting experience. I still think it's possible for him to stick. But overall, I think you have to stay stocked down because it seems like it's very clear Eccles has surpassed him and it's very possible that he gets cut. Um, so, what do you make of, of Bryce Hall's uh, training camp and preseason?
1: I don't know. I think Hall is still on track to make the roster. Right? He didn't have the best preseason ter- in terms of standing out too much. Uh, and same goes for training camp, but I feel like he hasn't necessarily been terrible. He hasn't gotten beat a ton throughout the preseason. Is it
0: just me, does he just look stiff to you? I guess uh, this is kind a of a, a big DJ piano. So yeah, but well, like, so a Sauce. I know a Sauce is a unicorn, but when DJ was on, him. I know, I know. But when DJ was on the pod, I think like two years ago, and he had said that Eccles, they like Eccles more than Hall, and at the time we were like, what? And you know. We looked like idiots. So shout out to DJ. He did. He did literally text us this week after Eccles's pick six <laughs> to to remind us of that take. Um, but he was right in the sense of that Hall is just athletically limited. You know, like there's a very there's a ceiling. There's a reason that he was a fifth round pick despite some of the production and some of the the, the stuff that he's able to do in college. There's a, there's a ceiling on what he's going to be able to be as an NFL corner because of of his physical limitations. And in a division where you're going up against Tyree Kill and and Jalen Waddle. Do you trust that Bryce Hall is going to be able to to cover the you know the deep third of the field or a quarter of the well, field? I, I don't mean, know. what
1: I, fourth cornerback would you co- you know trust to cover those? I players? trust
0: Echols more. I trust Echols more because Echols got this. And if you are going to cut Hall, I mean, I think it's you know between Moreland, James, Langford, one of those guys. But that's, that's the thing. I just don't to, think. Hold on. Any, anyone else
1: it. showed anything? But uh, yeah, go ahead.
0: You don't think I?
1: I mean, did they show anything bad to you, Michael? They did. I feel like the. Uh, you know, the bottom of the roster corners are getting beaten pretty often, from what I remember.
0: I think you're just you're biased against Craig James for missing that sack against <laughs> Tampa Bay, <laughs> but uh, and Langford had I guess the the miss. I feel like Moreland's going to make it. I mean, I guess we'll get into fifty three, but I have Moreland making an overhaul. Um, I guess you're right in the sense that it's not like I have anything really to justify that outside of I guess he had a few. I noticed a few plays he had, but he did give up a, a, a completion against. Um. Who gave up the big touchdown in Cleveland? Was that Craig James? Yeah, I think it was James. Yeah. So you're right. I mean, some of these guys have have you know had negative plays. I don't think one negative play is necessarily going to sink their chances. I think the point I'm making is Bryce Hall frees $2.7 million. And it's the same argument used for Ashton Davis. He's athletically limited. I think the Jets like their chances of developing one of these young, more athletically gifted corners in this scheme that is supposedly very corner-friendly. We've seen how much it how much better the defense can be when you have elite corner play. But this is our argument back in 2021 that if you have a great defensive line, the scheme takes a lot of pressure off the corners because they're playing a lot of zone deep coverage. Um, I think they'd like their chances of developing, you know, a more athletically gifted corner than, than Bryce Hall. He just looks stiff to me stiff in the hips. Doesn't look that fast. You know, I think he did a nice job of, uh, he does a nice job of those late breakups, I guess, but he's never going to be a guy who's, very active on the ball, getting a lot of interceptions. I don't know. I just feel like there's a, there's a cap there and you'd free nearly $3 million cutting him. I think that these jets co- coaches and, you know, Tony Oden are in that, that practice room, in that cornerback room every single day, watching practice with these guys. I bet you there's somebody in there that they like more than Bryce Hall. And, you know, we'll see who it is, but that's just, that's just my prediction. I, I agree that it's not like you've seen any, it's not like one of these, these uh, backup corners is really flashed in particular. Um, but I would bet you that there's somebody that in practice in the meeting rooms that they that they like a little bit more than than somebody like Hall. I don't know. We'll see.
1: It does forget the money and it's the argument we use with Ashton Davis, who's it definitely could had a better. Summer. It could definitely happen. I I feel like Hall is going to stick, but I could see that happening as well.
0: Why do you like Hall?
1: I like what his does size he and you? his ability to play the ball. I think in those situations where you know I I feel like and we've seen this ever since like the 2021 offseason when he was matching up with with elijah moore a lot i think he does stick to receivers pretty well he's just never been great at getting interceptions and it, even in that touchdown he gave up against the ravens in that one game last year like that wasn't bad coverage it was just an amazing throw i feel like he does use his size to create contested windows and in his uh the season he started in 2021 he had plenty of pass breakups so i feel like he uses it so I think he uses his size pretty well. He's just obviously got plenty of athletic limitations, like you said, but I, I think as a backup corner, he's a pretty solid piece.
0: All right. Uh, well, let's start with the roster then. Um, I think the last one was it the last one or was it the one before that you had Nick Vigil making it, who did get cut? That's the, the only cut one. we know so far. Yeah. Well, so, so, it didn't pan out. Well, there's at least one change then. I don't. Well, there, I mean, there's a few changes because Davis is retirement and then this game. Had a few other impacts, but let's go through it. Start with the quarterbacks. Do you have Tim Boyle making the final roster? I went back and forth on this actually because I was listening to Sala's quote about the three QB rule. You know, it, uh, I, I don't, put him I don't have him on my roster. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have both Roger and Wilson as your two uh, QBs. Running backs. I, I don't think there should be any surprises here. I think we're both in agreement that Son of a Night's going to get cut. But Hall, Cook, Carter, Banacanda. Yep and, and we'll see about that in that well we both you have to making the roster right uh i do have nick bought so again i was going to say on a band of canada we'll see if he uh gets put on ir after making the team it doesn't sound like it since it's a thigh bruise but but who knows Uh could free up another roster spot there's going to be a few of these guys at least two you know at least jbc and carter warren so i have it's a total of fifty five guys on my final man uh, final fifty three man roster but I think I think there's a good chance Carl Lawson ends up on that list so it might be three guys. I think there's a chance it could be, you know, maybe a band of Canada. That could be four. So we'll see. Um but right now I'll just keep it to the two to the two rookies. I do have Nick bod making the team, but I have him getting cut and then brought back after one of those those guys gets placed on the uh on injured reserve. How do you uh how do you see
1: Nick Bottton? Do you think he makes the team? Yeah I think So that's interesting that you have him in that way, because I have him making it straight up. I think he's just not going to get claimed, so
0: might as well. You know, he's one of those guys I think you can cut and bring back pretty, pretty easily. That's true. Um, receivers. This is the interesting spot. Garrett Wilson, Lazard, Hardman, Cobb. We know. I'll go to you first. How do you see? Do five receivers or six receivers, and who are they? I have six, and I have Gibson and Taylor making it damn same all right exact same I have I do have Taylor getting cut and brought back though he's the other guy that I have to to make uh, make room I think he's a guy that's not gonna get claimed he was injured and didn't play in this last game um so but I do ultimately think he makes it because of the familiarity with the the offense with rogers yeah thought he looked good in the first two preseason games um so and he brings you something that that Gibson Cobb Hardman and you know don't and that's size, ability to, to play on the outside, blocking special teams. So I think I think Taylor's going to make this team. It's It was a toss-up between Erickson because I think Erickson made some nice plays, has a little bit more experience in the NFL, but I think Taylor's familiarity in the offense and, and comfort with Rodgers is what's going to give him the, the nod. But again, I think he gets cut and brought back. Um, tight end. I have four, Conklin, Uzama, Rucker, and Koontz. Did, did Koontz make the cut for you? Because there was a big debate last time. You didn't have Koontz making it. I'm not necessarily sure he's done anything in this last game to really justify making it, but I just think the ceiling and talent is there to, to Joe, Joe Douglas' draft pick. I think they like their chances of being able to develop him. And, you know, Conklin Uzama, I guess they restructured their, their deals, so maybe we'll see how long they stick around. But that was kind of like the point last year was that these these veterans you are going to have for two years, and then maybe you're turning it over to DeRuckert more. I just think, you know, keeping a young guy you drafted with the, that athletic ceiling and in an offense where you just lost Corey Davis, you're going to be playing a lot of 12 personnel. I think you want to go heavy on the tight ends here. And you could go Yaboa, who maybe proven a little bit more, but I'm going to go with the Joe Douglas draft pick and, and give Zach Coons the roster spot. Let's hear it, Michael. Three or four,
1: and does he make it? I have three tight ends on my roster. Die. I do not have Zach Coons making it. I just haven't seen enough. I, this game also, he gave me. up a pressure as a blocker. Got B on a couple run blocks. Just, I, well, he doesn't do anything right now. Is there any thought? Fest. Is there
0: any thought to? Is there any thought to Yeboah Then I do feel like they're going to go four titles. I, like I am
1: thinking about that because I do have one of my spots uh, post players going on pub spots open. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't decided because I, I had Vigil in that spot last week. Obviously now he's gone, so I'm trying to, to decide who to replace him with, and I'm thinking maybe. Yaboa, because I don't don't think he gets claimed. He was a big special teams piece last year. You know what? I'm going to put him on there. I'm putting Yaboa uh, on as my post players going on pup, making the roster guy. Uh,
0: I, I yeah, I like that. I think I do think they're going to go four tight ends. You know, I guess they have Baden, so that's kind of he's like a pseudo fourth tight end. Um, I think. I, I just think Coons, they'll, they'll you know he'll be an active on game days to start the season. I just think his his ceiling is too high there, and I do think there's a chance he could get claimed just because there aren't many tight ends with with that athletic score. And I don't know. I, I like his ability to develop throughout the season, so I think they'll, they'll keep him around. Uh, offensive line looks I, should look the same, but I think we both have ten at at left tackle. We got Dwayne. Well, at tackle we have Dwayne Brown, Makai Beckton, Max Mitchell, Billy Turner, and Carter Warren. Warren getting sent to IR. And then in the interior, we got Lake and Tomlinson, McGovern, AVT, Tittman, and Schweitzer. Any differences with you? Yeah, I have the exact same. All right, let's go to the defensive line, which I suspect will also be the same. Um, uh, We got JFM, Jermaine Johnson, Michael Clemens, Carl Lawson, Bryce Huff, McDonald, edge. Again, we'll see if Lawson gets placed on IR after making the initial 53. He hasn't practiced in weeks now, Um, so we'll see. Uh, Interior. Woods, Quinnen, Jefferson, and Solomon Thomas, who I have to say, I think I, maybe I should have thrown him on the stock-up list because I think he's he's made a number of plays in, in preseason games. Yeah, he's had summer. a great
1: preseason, so we'll throw him on there.
0: All right, stock-up for, for Solomon Thomas. Um, linebackers, I'm going to go with uh, – by the way, yeah, I assume you're the same? Yeah, right? same. Okay. Uh, linebackers, I assume they're going to go with four. I thought about going five here. There's a few guys that have, that have had moments – um, but I'll go with four here. Sherwood, Mosley, Quincy, and Zaire Barnes. Four linebackers. What about you, Michael?
1: Yep, I have the same. Is
0: di- oh, I th- well, I know we have at least one other difference. But so far, it's just Koontz versus Yeboah. Um, corner, Sauce, Reed, MC2, and Eccles. Although Eccles will be suspended for the first week. So I guess that frees up another roster spot that they can, they can use. Um, I'll go... Jimmy Moreland instead of Bryce Hall and then JBC who will go to IR. I realize when Eccles gets placed on uh I realize that there actually is another roster spot here for Eccles once he because he won't be on the initial roster. So maybe I maybe I add James here instead of Moreland or maybe I I don't know, we'll see. I just think about that. But how's your how's your cornerback room look?
1: I've Hall making it alongside Eccles, Hardy and the you know, the starters. So yeah, I've Hall. I think he's gonna be there. Yeah, I should mention Hardy, I just lump in with the special teamers. But the
0: last last position, well, like just cause you mentioned Hardy, the special team should be all all the same. I threw him in there. Uh but last position, the safeties, I have Whitehead, Tony Adams, Adrian Amos, and Trey Dean. I have Ash Davis getting cut and only going
1: with four safeties. How do you feel about that? Do you have Dean as an initial uh you know making yes. like the roster initially, not a post cut guy? I want you yeah, I, I just don't see where like who should I take out Taylor. To- I could do bottom. Yeah, oh, Taylor. Taylor no, and bottom. That's what I did. Yeah. Taylor and Bottom. I'm going to do that. So I'm going to change Taylor to uh, post-cut, and I'm going to make Dean make it initially. I do think there's a chance
0: Ashton makes it. I think this is where – I think the back – the secondary I'm not as confident in. Because like you said, I do think there's a chance Hall makes it. Um, Moreland was just kind of – out of all the, the corners, I felt the best about him. I almost went with James because he has that slot versatility, and Eccles is going to be out, and Eccles is – is uh, the backup slot, uh, but considering Eccles is going to be out week one, you know the the easy answer is to put James in here and just have you know your week one cornerback depth chart is Sauce Reed, Mc2, Moreland, and James. Um, but I don't know. There's also I'm kind of considering going five safeties here with with Ashton Davis. Is that crazy?
1: I don't think it's crazy. I'm I'm not going to predict it, but I, I I don't see it happening but i it, it's within the realm a nice of possibilities camp. he has had a He's nice earned training it. camp we think they're going to go light linebacker right with only four so right. maybe safety you have an extra spot there you know yeah. even unproven starter in tony adams maybe you want the depth so i could see it i'm i'm not predicting it though is there any chance they could just have the four corners you know assuming Eccles is
0: is uh suspended or so knowing saying, Eccles is suspended week one. Is there any chance they just have Sauce, Reed, MC2? I think Rich Cimini's 53 was that, which was Sauce, Reed, MC2,
1: and Moreland. And those were just, you just had four corners. Because right. well, you do I have guess, Hardy, you know. So, like, with me predicting Hall, you're saying like that? Like, four in addition to yeah. Eccles? I think that's what they will do, right? Four minus, yes. But, yes. I'm saying week one, just having four corners. I think that's what they'll do. For just one game, I think they'll they'll deal with it.
0: I guess so. I kind of feel like that's it's a, that's little, a little risky. Light. It feels it feels like there's gonna be, it feels like there's another spot there in the secondary. So I don't know. I think well maybe that's uh, where
1: for, they don't keep a six receiver and they go with the corner.
0: No, that the, the the spot is there. That's what I'm saying. Eccles will get. <laughs> fuck it, of course, we, we, Here we've we go complicated things too much. We've complicated things too. I'm saying Eccles is on this initial 53 for me, but he's gonna have to be. He's gonna be suspended for week one. So there's an extra spot. Do i give it to somebody in the secondary or do we just ride it out oh, week okay. one with just sauce reed mc2 and Moreland? so i'm saying do i do i bring back craig james who can play back
1: could be the backup slot do Are i you just ignoring just keep ball Ashen completely Davis? you're not even considering him on your roster
0: i already made my pitch against bryce hall it feels hypocritical <laughs> to go back on it
1: you can't tell me you trust jimmy moreland or craig james <laughs> more than bryce hall who's actually started <laughs> for a season and was. We're all right, decent, all right. probably true.
0: You're up, You're probably true, but I do trust Brandon Eccles more, and you only have to deal with it. That's for fair. One game. I don't know. I'll stick with this for now. I'm just trying to decide where Eccles' roster spot goes to. It feels like maybe Ashton Davis does make it. Maybe they go five safeties. Of course, we're leaving this kind of convoluted. Let's do the practice squad guys. All right, let's do the practice squad guys, and then we'll then we'll get out of here. Okay, because um, inevitably these predictions won't be right. They'll claim somebody. They'll keep some surprises. And then the, also the practice squad definitely won't be right. But um because they'll claim somebody from other teams and, and whatnot. All right. I got Boyle, QB, Zonovan of a Knight. I'll just read them through, all right? And then you read yours, okay? If you have any thoughts, feel free to, to blurt them out. All right. Um Boyle, Zonovan of a Knight. At receiver, I have Jason Brownlee and Alex Erickson. At offensive line, I have uh Cologne and Greg Sanat. And at tight end, I have Kenny Eboa. If Yaboa gets claimed or whatever, then I, I would put EJ Jenkins on here. But I think they'll keep an extra tight end. So that's the offensive practice squad. And then defensively, I have Tanzel Smart, Bruce Hector. Oh, God, how do I pronounce his name again? Pita o- Omen Panu. I get it? You nailed ta- it. No, ta- 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 <laughs> ta- 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 Panu. Pita Taumoy Panu. And Deslin Alexandre. I have uh, linebacker Chad Surratt and Claude Uh Corner. Craig James, Derek Langford, and at safety, Ashton Davis. That's your echo spot will probably come from this practice squad. To be fair, so I'll say they activate Craig James.
1: That's my that's my prediction. All right, what's let's what's your practice squad? All right, so we got Donovan Knight, Zach Koons, or okay. wait, Carlos. Boyle? Where's Boyle? He's on there.
0: You're not gonna leave with the QB. You're going just, just having a random order here. <laughs> Ugh, God, it's annoying. Okay, fine. All right,
1: should I sort it in the positional order? Uh, you know what? We've taken time a little more just, just, aesthetically just, pleasing. Just All right, Tim Boyle is number one. He's the number one player in the practice squad. Um, <laughs> Irvin Charles, Jason Brownlee, Zach Kuntz, Kenny Yaboa. Uh, actually, no, I forgot to change this because I just put Yaboa. God on the damn! <laughs> we, I, can't I, do I, this. We, we made that Can mid season. Just get here. Mid prediction change <laughs> with Kenny Yaboa. Um nah, that's fine. Right, I'll take him out. I will
0: say I I did notice Charles a number of times uh, on special teams in that Giants game. He's a good gunner, so I think he, he does have a chance to make this team. And he made a couple of nice plays. That's yeah. a good pick. That's a good pick That's for the practice pick. squad. I like that.
1: So uh, right. you uh, EJ onside. Jenkins, son of a knight. Yeah. I got two tackles: Greg Sinat and uh, Grant Hermans. Linebackers: I got two: Chaz Surratt and uh and Okay. Uh Tristan Colona guard. I got okay. two edge defenders. Our boy Pita Bruce Hector. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. You got to say the last name. All right. Pita Pinu. How's that? Tam Tamopinu. There we go. Um he's actually been really good. I think he had six pressures in this last game, which is just crazy. And I remember before the preseason started, we were looking at the roster, and we were like, these bottom of the roster defensive tackles defensive ends are going to play a lot of snaps because the jets are so deep that there's only going to be a few guys left who are going to be playing and he's been one of them and he's played really well so i do think he'll make it if he doesn't get claimed because i think he was one of the more productive guys in the league really um so yeah i have him uh i think i have bruce hector as well if i didn't say him already uh tanzo smart and craig james okay and you know what? Any... Since I left that Yaboa spot open, let's put Jimmy Moreland down there. <laughs> okay, getting Jimmy Moreland love. Okay.
0: All right. Uh, I think that's it. We'll see what happens. Always interesting. There's always some. Any predictions on, like, I know we just gave our predictions, but anybody you think that could be like a random surprise make? Like, Tony Adams was kind of. We had kind of talked a little bit about it's Adams. Super random?
1: This has to you know, be very out outside. I the feel box. like,
0: the, well, I feel like it, the core. What about spot is Charles? Where...
1: What about that? Like he's like you said, he's been getting gunner. early gunner reps.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a surprising one. I could see it. He just I had think, that I one rep it's... where
1: he didn't fight for the ball against the Bucks. I feel like the coaches wouldn't <laughs> like that, unless he had a good excuse where he's like, I couldn't see it in the light or something. Yeah. Although yeah. is that a good excuse? That's a, I don't that's not, know. That's a bad <laughs> excuse. That's definitely not a good excuse uh yeah i think i think the
0: surprise is going to be at the in the cornerback room i think they're going to cut hall and it's going to be one of these corners between moreland james langford one of those guys i think is going to make the the roster and then i guess yeah i mean we talked about it for a while but when Eccles is, is suspended i think another one's going to make it so i think that's that's my bold prediction is hall gets cut which maybe isn't too bold these days but cutting both hall and, and davis it nearly what is it five and a half million dollars that's not nothing you know? Yeah. So like, I think I think some value. the end is near for most of Joe Douglas's 2020 draft class. All right. That'll do it for us. We'll be back. Um, depends when the final 53 is out with the practice squad and the guys going to IR and whatnot. That should be done. What? Okay. 4 p.m. Tuesday. So then probably Wednesday. So when, assuming they have the practice squad Wednesday night, we can record Wednesday night, come out Thursday morning. Uh if yeah. it's if it doesn't happen until Thursday, maybe we'll record Thursday and it comes out Thursday night, but sometime towards the end of this week. And then finally we get to just prepare for games. I love doing game previews on this podcast and talking about actual football. And we don't have to do any more of these stupid roster predictions that we keep fucking up. So thank you everybody for listening. <laughs> um you follow us T O J pod on Twitter, Michael, Michael underscore nanny and myself, Ben W Blessington. Go to JetsXfactor.com for the best place to go for Jets content subscribe to the jet tech track youtube we post other podcasts there If you can rate review subscribe on itunes um i think that's it
1: michael last thoughts so i've just pulled up the 2020 draft class and if ashton davis and bryce hall do both get cut becton is the last man standing from that and class. cameron clark and cameron Clark, which i was which i was also going to say that you know your fourth round tackle who never played a game still lasted more that lasted longer than the majority of the draft class so not that's not always ideal we'll see practice. we'll see i do think i do
0: think davis i don't know I, I i kind of feel like davis has a better chance than hall for some reason i feel like davis has actually performed and i think hall i just think that They're limitation really low is there Bryce hall. i
1: would be surprised if they do what you said they they would do keep one of those other guys over Hall. i would personally be surprised so that would count right. for me we'll see
0: um. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Rudy, for listening. Have a great week. Two weeks until actual Jets football. Cannot wait. Finally got the throwback Rogers jersey, so we'll be rocking that. Michael and I will both be in the house for week one. Absolutely cannot wait. We'll have a number of podcasts coming out before then. Um, and we'll just – this is the longest time of the, the season, it feels like, these two weeks between cutout day and start of the season, especially it's a little longer this year. But it'll be worth it. Very excited. Everybody have a great week. We'll Be back on Thursday. <laughs> didn't sound very confident. Thursday morning and Thursday night, we'll see. Have a great week. <laughs> At some point. <laughs>